intuition is what you go to a psychic for. Will I meet the man of my dreams? Although that's not a good use of it, because if the psychic says no, your next question should be, what do I need to change? Where do I need to go? What do I need to do? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We are so excited to be here. Happy Friday. Tessa is here. Don't ever leave us again, Tess. I won't. Never. I never. promise. Never. Never say um, never. <laughs> right? That's true. So it is Friday, May 21st, and we are, I think we're just like, pummeling into summer (laughs) for real it feels so aggressive in our approach here (laughs) yeah and do you mean like weather wise or activity wise oh I feel like weather wise for us just because it's been hot as h-e-double-l here yeah yeah and uh, we've recently uh, experienced some fires here uh, close to where we live. We're in the valley uh, close to Topanga. And um, fortunately, mm-hmm. they've got it all contained. It's, it's oh, you know, we have an goodness. incredible firefighter, uh, like, heroes. Mm-hmm. And they are top-notch on it. And uh, th- thankfully, they were able to get a handle on it. Yeah, thank goodness. I'm so glad you're safe. And I know this is part of living in that area right yes you know this is something that happens yearly unfortunately have you ever had to evacuate yes actually we did last year I don't know if you remember this uh last year we had we had to evacuate well one of the time times the the first one we experienced was just blocks away from us in Mm -hmm. in Porter Ranch so it was right up the road from us Mm -hmm. and we were if we had to evacuate. And then the second time it wasn't a mandatory evacuation, but we evacuated just because it was coming. It was during the Malibu or the, I think it was in Calabasas. So it was like behind us. So, (laughs) you know, being in the Valley, we've experienced now our fair share of, um, of fires, but it's one of those interesting things that for the people that live in, for example, the South or when my mom was lived in Texas for many years, they had floods and then other parts of the country experienced tornadoes. And I, and you know, like it rains a lot in the Pacific Northwest. I think people just get, I mean, you never get used to any climate. What is it? Uh, event, anything mm-hmm. that you really have no control over I don't think you ever get used to it but it's it's just kind of part of living where you live yeah well and it feels like it's seasonal too like you're you're heading into summer full force and you know that part of that means fire season yeah wildfires but it just feels like 
they're getting so much closer. And even up in the Pacific Northwest last year, we experienced oh, that. Yeah. I mean, so many oh, people right. around here evacuated all the way up and down the I-5 corridor in Oregon and, and parts of Washington were just, I've never seen it like that in my life. And I grew up in this area. It was right. Crazy. Right. I remember that was, so, I mean, we had, I mean, all of you, yes, there was like ash everywhere and it was yep. really intense and the fires extended all the way through like bend. I know that bend was yeah. socked in. Yeah. And it was, I believe it was like the air quality was the worst for, I, it might've been like a week long. It was the worst in the world is that's the st- statistic wow. I heard. Um, so how was your week this week? It's been a good week. I've been so I now I'm like a full week back from being on retreat and I feel like it's always such a hard landing, uh, pun intended, (laughs) like the week after coming back from retreats, like, oh God, this is real life. And, um, here I am back in it. You know, it's hard to, to get back into the daily grind. But now this week, I feel like I've hit my stride again. I feel so productive. So like the after effect, it takes a little bit to kind of settle. And then I'm like, oh, well, that's why I did that retreat because yes. I needed a break. Yes. Um, and then I had to kind of come down from that high. And now I'm like a nice, okay, I'm rejuvenated and I'm focused. Yeah. So it's been yeah. a good week. How was yeah. your week? That was nice. Yeah. Uh, my week was really interesting. I felt like everything kept... Uh, I don't want to use the words falling apart. So mm-hmm. let's say a lot of things needed to get moved around and rescheduled. We had a couple of power outages and we had two different big things that Tori and I need to, needed to move um, house things that we were working on that we needed to reschedule and redo. And so, you know what I've noticed? Anytime that things start to get a little bit uh chaotic I I like to just make everything chaotic I mean I think that's just part of the nature of chaos and I don't do it Mm. intentionally it's one Mm. of those things where one thing goes wrong so then you start to look for all the things that are going wrong Mm -hmm. and unless you're able to mindfully bring it back and bring your awareness back to something that is going well, then that's what you're going to focus on. Obviously we know this, but it's really difficult to do when you're in that mode, when you're focusing on only the negative things. And so I noticed that I had to work really hard at pulling myself out of that energy. Yeah. And the thing that I also noticed, uh, we've been through a pretty traumatic event uh, over the last week that I shared on Instagram and on my newsletter, and I'm not quite ready to talk about it yet here. Mm-hmm. I will be, and I plan to, I just am not ready yet. So I know that that is also underlying the energy that's been present for me mm-hmm. in the grieving process. But I noticed that when I'm feeling a little bit of that negative spin, mm-hmm. I noticed that it's more likely to happen when I'm not moving my body Mm. and I'm not doing anything. Mm. And I normally run, you know, this, we are both runners. We love running. That's part of our thing. And I haven't had a run since last week Mm. and not because of any scheduling or just, I've just not 
wanted to do it. And it's very strange for me to not want to do it because it's so much a part of my daily routine. But it, it's that thing that I'm saying sometimes when you don't feel good, it's just like in Ayurveda when you're out of mm-hmm. balance, you crave more of the imbalance. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah. Or the idea that like, like attracts like that you want more of, I mean, just like what you're saying, you want more of the imbalance. Yes. And it's not, and not to throw blame on anybody or to blame myself or tell myself it's that thing where people try to coach other people that, oh, you're choosing to do that. You have to just make a different choice. It's really difficult to (laughs) motivate when you don't feel like doing something and and what I want to say to that and to those people is yeah sometimes you need to just not do anything sometimes it's Mm -hmm. okay to just lay around and read a book or put tv on and start watching the entire season of game of thrones and (laughs) that's okay yeah you know and as you're saying that I'm thinking like yeah there's I'm sure there's a deeper wisdom there I mean your body your body is probably still in shock. You are absolutely still grieving. And so there's a deeper wisdom and that lack of motivation to, to get your body moving because you need to have your feelings and maybe you're just yes. not ready to process through them all the way yet. Yeah. And it's so interesting how for me, the processing happens physically. I need mm-hmm. to move through my grief. I need to move through any pain that I feel and if I because if I don't this happens I just then want to continue to work or distract myself give it's I call it I just want to eat candy right so mm-hmm. literal candy sugar of course but also <laughs> can't my mind candy and so candy for me is watching tv or being on social media or um, going down the rabbit hole of youtube all of the things mm-hmm. that we do to give the mind that serotonin rush, that dopamine, that quick fix, like a junkie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, literally that's what it is. It's a chemical reaction in your brain. The same as a drug. Exactly. So I'm in that mode right now. And I just want to be completely honest and transparent with everybody that that's part of the process and it's okay. And I am just, doing the best that I can. And I know that most people out there are doing the same, especially those of you out there who have gone through something similar or are still trying to get back on your feet after the chaotic year that we had Mm -hmm. in 2020. And it's already a year and a half. We're already a a half a year in to this one. Yeah. And right. This is, I'm, (laughs) It's so crazy. I know. <laughs> it's so wild. So what I'm saying is that you're fine. And the the only thing that I can say is I, I feel you. I'm with you. I, I've felt the same thing. But I know in my heart that there is, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I know that I will probably wake up tomorrow morning and and do what I need to do even if it's just a brisk walk around the block or something just to get myself outside Um, but I think just finding that patience within yourself is Mm -hmm. probably uh, enough (laughs) like just giving yourself the space is enough yeah I would agree oh absolutely I would agree and also say that like 
100% it's so hard to get yourself out of it when you're in that spin of feeling chaotic and, and like, there's almost a comfort in the chaos, right? Like, especially if we're, we're children of trauma or we've experienced some sort of trauma, like then the, then the chaos becomes a safe space because it's the known entity. Right. So I totally agree. It's hard to get out of that safe space. And as you practice dropping into, maybe it's like dropping into the, um, parasympathetic nervous system. So our ability to, to feel in a state of rest and digest and, and feel safe and calm that hopefully, and I can't say this is true for me yet, but the idea is for me, at least hopefully those states become more comfortable and that's what I seek instead of the chaos. Yes. You know? Yeah. I totally 100% agree. Yeah. We're always going to go towards what is familiar and what I will Mm -hmm. say, and I'm sure I'll talk about this more, but we practice everything that we do, meditation, yoga, dance, running, all the things that we do in order to keep us connected to this life, to where we are. And when you are in, and we want to live in those moments, right? When we feel good, we want to be in those moments Mm -hmm. forever. We want it to last so long. But the minute that we feel the discomfort of life or we feel grief or we feel pain, we want to hit the fast forward button Mm-hmm. And we want it to go by quickly. And I feel like for me, I just continuously ask for patience and for grace, especially in those moments, because I know that it won't last forever. And I know that it's just part of being a human. You know, sometimes things happen. They don't make any sense. And Mm -hmm. sometimes they don't mean anything. Yeah, absolutely. And And I I have a question. So I wonder if in those moments, like, is there a part of you that is conscious of this decision or choice or or ability to, to like try to be patient with yourself or to speak to yourself in a kind way when you were feeling like, okay, I'm in chaos and I want more chaos or I'm in grief and I just want to let myself be in grief. Is there like a wiser voice that you ever notice yourself being able to tap into versus a voice of judgment? Mm. That is a really great question. I think, I think there is. It just depends on how, I guess in general, it really depends on how attuned you are to it, how mm-hmm. tuned in to that inner voice you are where you can hear it um, as, a, as a whisper as opposed to <laughs> it's blaring, <laughs> yelling. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm really thinking in my most painful moment I felt that there is a center point within me where I did feel that sense of something else Mm -hmm. like something Mm -hmm. outside of me even I would say like when you experience deep traumatic moments sometimes in my experience I guess I'll speak for myself Mm -hmm. I've always viewed them from a 
higher vantage point. Like mm-hmm. I always feel outside of my body. Like I've, I've mm-hmm. never felt in my body. I've always felt outside like, oh, I see myself in this fetal position, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, crying and screaming uh, uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. But I, but I know in my heart that it's going to be okay. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's this, yeah. this, yeah. and perhaps for me, it's just knowing the reality of the world. And it's such an interesting thing that you bring up because it was a conversation I was having with Tori not that long ago. Um, one of his friends had, had come by to pick some, some, uh, product up and he was saying we're he was having like a thing going on and I was trying to give him some advice and he turns and he says man you're you are the most spiritual person that I know and I just looked at him like Mm. he was insane (laughs) and I I looked at Tori and I just kind of was like oh man we have him fooled what a sweet (laughs) And he does not know me at all. Mm-mm. But then Tori and I started, he, and Tori was asking me, why would you say it? Why would you say that? Mm-hmm. That, cause I, I s- responded with, oh no, absolutely not. I'm not. And I by no means think I am. What I said was, I, I've said this before here is we, we teach what we need to learn. Mm-hmm. And so for me, going into a spiritual space into a spiritual practice was because I needed to go there. It wasn't innate to me. I wasn't, I was way too logical in my thinking. And for me, my logical brain disconnects me from my spiritual essence for me, Mm -hmm. because I want to left brain everything. I want Mm -hmm. to, I want to see it from a reasonable state as opposed to a, from a spiritual place. And it took very, it took many, many years from growing up as a child that didn't understand why, if all these people were so faith based, Mm. why did so many bad things happen to them? You know, they were devout. They went to church. They were good people. They fed people that had nothing. They clothed people that had no clothes yet their children were getting killed Mm -hmm. and they were struggling financially. And that to me created that cognitive dissonance with my spiritual practice, my spiritual beliefs. And I detail at length in the book that I just wrote, you know, sometimes when people want to logic their way out of things, yeah, they go into the what is it called the paralysis of analysis. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I feel like that that's my temperament. That's normally where I go. That's my mind. That's normally my that's the default state. It's the state that's most familiar. But after doing all of these different practices for so many years and sitting and, and meditating and having these conversations with people and just understanding how life really works, um, I think is what helped me cultivate more of that compassion. It wasn't about right or wrong. It wasn't about 
believing or not believing. It wasn't about having faith or not having faith. It was just about the desire to end suffering Mm. and the ability to accept impermanence. Mm -hmm. So is that spiritual? I don't know. To me, it's, it's just what makes sense, right? And it's what all of these yoga sutras and all of these Buddhist teachings, it's what everything teaches. It's that do your best, be a good person, be kind, and help other people. Mm-hmm. Like sitting here and saying woe is me why is this happening to me why did this thing happen and that thing happen is only going to keep us in that state of suffering because nobody's going to come down from anywhere and give us the answer mm-hmm. nobody's going to say sure oh, yeah I so I'm badly sorry. want that i know i'm so sorry <laughs> no Nobody, I know. nobody's going to tell you i'm so sorry <sighs> as much as we want that answer to come is like this happened because of this right because sometimes like i said earlier things just sometimes things just happen yeah and there's no reason for it and that's why we have all these amazing tools that's why we have such amazing communities is because we need to build resilience to go through those things Mm -hmm. so yeah. So saying all of that, we're talking about all these tools, one of which is intuition, which is perfect segue to the guest that we have on the show today <laughs> after that long diatribe. Um, anything else you want to add, Tess? No, I mean, I appreciate you a- answering that question, honestly, and, and from the perspective of your own experience. Um, I feel like I just learned something new about yourself about you that I didn't know. Um, So thank you for sharing and being honest and open as you usually are. Um, And that's all I would add. Oh, thanks. Thank you. That's always good. All right. So in this episode, we have Laura Day. She is a best-selling author. She's an incredible intuitive, intuition, intuitive. How would we say this? I would say intuitive. I'm not sure if that's Yeah, she's an intuitive intuitive. and a practicing intuitive. That's right. She has uh, decades of helping people, organizations, and companies create uh, profound changes using their innate intuitive capabilities. Uh, She's also an intuition trainer. She's trained thousands of people in different fields such as business, science, and medicine. She's written about intuition. Like I said, she is a best-selling author. She's a New York Times best-selling author. And we have her on the show today. She's talking about the importance of tapping into our own intuition. She's going to give us some tips and we're going to talk about how important it is for us to tune in to make important choices in our life. So great conversation. She is an incredible, incredible woman. And I'm so grateful to have had this conversation with her on the show. But before we have the conversation go live Here's a quick message from our sponsor. Okay, what I'm going to tell you is super gnarly. The dirty little, not so dirty little secret about bedding is that while cotton might be the most popular fabric for sheets, duvets, and pillowcases, 
it is the most damaging to our planet. That's why I'm thrilled to introduce you to Etitude. By using 100% organic bamboo fabric, Etitude's sheets save 500 times more water than cotton and produce 52% less carbon emissions. And who isn't a fan of trying to save the planet? After I received the first set, I had to go back and order a second set, not only because I sleep warm and Tori doesn't. <laughs> he likes to be cool at night and the material was super cool and super soft. So unlike cotton, which consumes massive amounts of water, energy, and chemicals during production, Attitude uses organic bamboo. This is the most resource efficient plant on the planet. It's also what our floor is made of. So Comfort Attitude's 100% bamboo fabric has a unique silky smooth and feathery soft texture that is similar to silk. It delivers unparalleled comfort that actually feels better than cotton. Their passion is to provide the best quality of sleep in the most sustainable way. Attitude's organic bamboo fabrics are temperature regulating, hypoallergenic, antibacterial, and toxin-free. Try any Attitude bedding for 30 nights. If you're not completely satisfied, return it for a full refund. Right now, you can get 20% off of your order plus free shipping when you visit attitude.com forward slash loved and enter promo code loved. Remember, that's attitude as in eco attitude. Order today for free shipping and 20% off of your order at attitude.com slash loved. Promo code loved. CBD isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel. Stress, anxiety, pain, how many of us have ever suffered from one or maybe all three things? I suffered from debilitating panic attacks as a teenager, and I remember all I wanted was to feel better. And the moment that I switched my attention to focus on my health, I started to get to that space where I felt good, I felt healthy, I felt calmer. I'm grateful now that as an adult, I have access to different things that can aid me in those moments of anxiety, stress, and pain. Feels has become part of my nightly ritual and it really allows me to have the best night's sleep. CBD naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. There's no hangover or addiction. Feels is a premium CBD that will help you keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free and delivered straight to your door. Just place a few drops of feels under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is that finding the right dose is important and everyone's dose is different. In fact, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide you to your personal experience so you can find the perfect dose for you. Joining the Feels Monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel anytime. So start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com forward slash loved and you'll get 50% off of your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com forward slash loved to become a member and get 50% off automatically taken off of your first order with free shipping. That's Feels dot com forward slash loved. There is nothing more refreshing than hitting the reset button once in a while. If your hair is a little overdue for the same type of treatment, it's time for the clarifying detox shampoo from Way. Many, many years ago, I worked at a hair salon. My hair has been through it all. I've had hair extensions. I've bleached it. I've chemically treated it. And I have learned over the years, especially as I get older, how important it is to take 
really good care of the hair that you have. Now, our hair can take a lot of experimentation and sometimes outright neglect, but it's never too late to hit the reset button. And with the clarifying detox shampoo from Way, you do just that. And for me, maybe it was the years working in a hair salon that I try to avoid it as much as possible. I go maybe once a year. And the only way that my hairstylist agreed to let me do that was if I promised to take really good care of my hair and use the best products that I can to do that. And I'm definitely the type of person that waits a little too long to wait for that to happen. My scalp was definitely feeling a little bit of the buildup and my ends were feeling pretty dry. One of my favorite things about Way is that it allows you to neutralize the product buildup on your scalp without stripping away any of the moisture. You can use the product once a week and there's a combination of apple cider vinegar and keratin to exfoliate and balance your scalp. Plus, it smooths away the frizz and it creates a lustrous shine. Way was created by celebrity hairstylist Jen Atkin to create the first socially connected hair care brand. You can explore their full collection of cruelty, sulfate, and paraben-free hair care body and fragrance products. So when you're ready to undo some damage, hit the reset button with Way Detox Shampoo. Go to theway.com, that's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use the code LOVED to get 15% off of your entire purchase. That's theway.com, use code LOVED, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, Use code LOVED to get 15% off your entire purchase. And a special thanks to Way for supporting this podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Radically Loved Radio. I'm joined by a very special guest. I'm so excited. Uh, to introduce you to our guest today, Laura Day is somebody I've been, I couldn't wait. I follow her on Instagram. I love watching her videos. I love her books. She is, uh, I, I can't even believe she's on the show. So I'm having a little bit of a fangirl moment here. Um, but welcome Laura to the show before I just start talking on a tangent. Thank you for being here. I'm just going to leave it at that. So, um, First of all, are we on camera? Because we are on camera with each other. Yes, we are. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we're on camera. To like scratch under my arm or anything. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, feel free to do whatever you want. You know. What well, um, are you doing this today? Yeah, I'm so I'm so excited to chat with you because it was so interesting. Like, I like I said, I've been following you for a while now. And when I got the email that you have uh, a new book coming out, you're working on a couple of new projects. I was like, what? Yes, please. Let's get her on right now. I'm so excited to chat with her. I mean, you have this incredible body of work. And I think that right now it's so important for us to really tune into the things that are bringing us back to who and what we are because of the traumatic year and a half still continuing that we've had. I find it so fascinating that so many of us are just you that we've waited this long to do internal work. You know, I feel like this is an ongoing theme for people right now. They're going into uh, these internal spaces to figure out who, who they are, what they are, what they want to do. So many people have experienced trauma 
trauma of either losing a job or losing a loved one, or they're in the state of uncertainty. And so I'm, I'm curious for you, what is it that your audience is really asking you for these days? Like, what have you been focusing on over the course of the last year to help people regulate themselves back to, to health? So it, it really hasn't, um, it really hasn't, it's changed. It hasn't been one thing. Um, and so in the beginning of the pandemic, people were saying, oh my God, we've lost our jobs. We can't, we're, we're, we don't know about our housing. We don't know where to find the supplies we need. And I'm like, welcome to 95% of America, you know, welcome to the, the, so, and I think that one of the lovely things that happened, although it was very rigorous and challenging for us in the beginning, was that people, because of media, people started saying, yeah, wait a sec, this hurts us all the time and it's hurting us more now. Um, so the first thing uh, I did with a group was, okay, if you're always looking back on an old normal, whether it's in a pandemic or in life, you're always gonna be off balance. Right now is your normal, right now. And so I, I, uh, the motto of our group at the beginning of the pandemic is what's the can do right now? You know, because you don't, I wrote a book called Welcome to Your Crisis and it was really about, you know, crisis takes everything away. It does, it takes your old structures away, your old habits away, the things you could rely on away and it can be the most creative time in your life. So I did carrot and stick. This could be the time where you get out of that crap job, horrible relationship, or where you open up to really getting to know someone before you distract yourself with you know, sex or going out or whatever. This is an opportunity because all your structures are, are broken down, carrot, stick. Hey, when there's change, you think the shit's hit the fan now? It can really hit the fan. So let's let's get a grip right now. And people, my group was really great at doing that. And and then once you're anchored, what's your community? Now we were our own community in part, and people were. This is one of my favorite stories. So this is still pandemic beginning. I, I um, you know, my husband and I are at an age and a stage where we have a lot of of resources to share. So I said to my husband, okay, I'm gonna just like put a big chunk of money aside and send out a newsletter and let my people know whatever they need, you know, transportation, uh, doctors, uh, whatever they need, they can just let me know and I'll provide it if I can. Um, and he said, don't do that. You know, you're gonna be overwhelmed. You're gonna feel awful. You're not gonna be able to fill everyone's needs. There's, you know, everyone, if you offer money, everyone's gonna want it. And he was, he was a teeny bit right. So I put it in the newsletter and I'm overwhelmed, but not with requests. Even though I wrote it in very clear language, people thought I was asking for them to provide legal, financial, accounting, whatever resources, medical resources. And there were so many offers from my group that it, that I, I mean, it's my husband's favorite story too. I mean, now he says, okay, that exists, but it's unique to your group, but that's not true. You know, we find people found in the beginning of a pandemic, the community, once they found the community, then they dealt with the really hard part. And the really hard part is, okay, I'm stable again. I don't have crisis to distract me. 
now everything around me has changed. Who am I in this? So that's when people, in, at least in my groups, got more introspective. You know, peacetime is hard. Wartime, you got to find the weapon. You know, the enemy's pretty clear usually. Peacetime, you have to deal with your own stuff and, and get in touch with the parts of us as adults that have killed our dreams little by little to survive. You know, you've told me a little bit about your history. You had to kill off a lot of things to survive. And that is true to some degree of, of most of us. Um, and, and so then all of a sudden the group, everyone was having, having dreams again and, need, and needing resources, but not sure how to connect because the normal ways, whether it's, you know, finding a partner or a job, the normal ways weren't there. So then that transition. Now people are really changed. And I think it's a really interesting time because now what I see is people have found their new normal. And the second they found it, isn't that the way? Second you make a dermatologist appointment, use it, clears up. Second they found it, now the paradigm is being changed. Things are opening up and that's equally as stressful. One of the things people don't realize is even in the most wonderful times, you know, you're, you have breakups, you have illnesses, you have all kinds of challenges. So really, I think what, what this pandemic has allowed us to do is to hear each other's voices because there's not so many distractions, come together and open up our Pandora's box of what's just good enough that I need to have the stomach to deal with. Mm. What, are my, what are my dreams? And what are the compromises I'm still willing to make to guard my tender underbelly? Yes. Oh, that's so good. It just really puts being in crisis into perspective because we can get so overwhelmed with just the feeling of not being able to breathe and just feeling panicked, not being able to orient ourselves in a, in a state of uncertainty. And I, I really love how you're so right. We were, there was so much uncertainty at the beginning of this. And then once we found our new routine, now we're back into that flow of normalcy or whatever that looks like. It's just different now. And, and I think it's, it really speaks to our resilience that I feel like we forget. Sometimes we forget how resilient we can be to challenging moments. Right. Yes. And we also forget what the old problems were. I mean, I went to, I'm vaccinated. My husband's vaccinated and we went out to dinner last night and I wore my five inch heels. Oh my God, my hip hurts so much. I forgot I've been in, I've been in like little fuzzy flat things for the last year. Um, you know, when I actually had to put on a bra, I mean, oh my God, these things are tight. You know, so um, it, it's, it's, you know, everything, everything is a challenge. And one of the, I think that in a sense, my group had an advantage in that things, things like non-local perception. So all the intuitive skills, one of the things they do allow you to do is feel someone at a distance, communicate over a distance, but really communicate the way you would if you could see and smell someone in front of you. It allows you to, in a sense, have a sense of the future and be able to tap into different perspectives of your past. So intuition 
really, really allows you to move around, to go outside of this point in time space. And so my students, in a sense, were at an advantage. They used the opportunity. They said, okay, hell in a handbasket, what do I want? And what's my goal? And now let me notice who and what is coming in. And they already had a paradigm to use it. What though, what happened that I didn't expect that for me was really uh, my greatest joy is during this time, I have turned more intuitives and healers pro than ever before, because I had people's focused attention. You know, my training wasn't just a weekend of people together who then went out to dinner and fell in love with each other and had little cliques and whatever and learned a skill. That's what they were doing. And there was a market demand for them because people were uncertain and people needed a different kind of help. And when they, you know, people needed healers, they couldn't just pop off to their doctor except on telemedicine, which is, you know, how everyone's making money without showing up. Boy, the hospitals are never gonna let go of telemedicine, let me tell you. And and so, you know, they were really well positioned and and that was a really that was a wonderful thing for me because they found their own communities and became and really became teachers and assets in their own community. The other thing we did was sleep work because sleep all of a sudden became really important during the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, it was your, your, it was, you had to almost structure a special time. Unlike when we all go out where we're exhausted at the end of the day. Yeah. And so we did a lot of sleep work, which is different from dream work, which I'll tell you about later because it's a fun thing for your listeners to try. Yeah, no, I love that because everything that you're saying, it's like we finally took the opportunity to do the work that we so longed to do. And finally, the universe made it so to be able to, okay, now slow down or no, now, now give this your undivided attention and focus. And you talk a lot about intuit intuitive sense and intuition. And I, I'd love to dig into that just a little bit more for the people that are listening to this and everybody listening to this podcast. We love talking about intuition and intuitives and all of the the magic that comes when you're able to really listen and take take those signs in. So can you just maybe somebody's listening right now that's not that doesn't understand fully how to tune into their intuition? How would you explain intuition to somebody who's not so familiar? And, and, and I want to start with, I was trained in a lab when I in the early 80s, the military and universities were really interested in can someone actually predict the future? Can you view, can a person view a remote location and give us a military advantage? Can someone really send a message that, that, that another receives? And the earliest scientific experiments on this that were documented were in the 50s, where there was a sleep telepathy exercise at Mamamides Medical Center. Um, but now what's really interesting is we can measure that the human brain, because we can see what the brain does, reacts to a randomly generated image that a computer will generate in the future. So, so normal brains have a sense of the future. 
have a sense of the people around them, even at a distance, have, uh, have, are able to view, are able to travel. And in a sense, the first thing that I train my students to do is to be in this moment in their own bodies because that's more rare than you think. So, so intuition is what you go to a psychic for. Will I meet the man of my dreams? Although that's not a good use of it because if the psychic says no, your next question should be, what do I need to change? Where do I need to go? What do I need to do? I train my students and my Instagram people who all do readings for each other in what I call an evidence-based practice. Don't tell someone they need to open their heart. What the hell does that mean? Give them something they can prove or disprove. You will be invited to somewhere on Friday and I feel like there you will meet someone who initially you don't like, but that will introduce you to blah, blah, blah. Something where someone could say, oh, this person was batshit crazy or this person was right. And that's what I call an evidence-based practice. And that's how I, how I really train novices. I and mean, I've trained so many thousands of people on Instagram during the pandemic to do this. And they do it for each other. You look on the Instagram and people are reading each other. And, and unless you know what we're doing, you think, oh my God, this is crazy. They tag someone and they're telling them this, all these detailed weird things, but they're accurate. And I know that because I also train my advanced students on Instagram. So they read me and I'm like, oh my God, well, no hiding that detail anymore. And, you know, I mean, luckily you never know if you're right when you, and that's why people get so confused is because people say, well, how do you know you're intuitive? You don't, you get information, you document it and you prove or disprove it and you get better and better at it because in childhood we repress our intuition so we can form egos. You know, if you're one with everything and can move outside of your reality, you don't form those really important structures that allow you to take your energy and intention and create. But afterwards, once you have a goal, intuition is automatically engaged. So it's not a matter really of listening. It's a matter of knowing what your goals are and then realizing that nothing is not causal. Everything is a result of something. And there are no signs. Your entire life is a sign. Why someone thinks a penny heads up means good luck. And the fact that they just met their partner of their dreams, got a good job and found an extra 5,000 in their bank account isn't a sign. You know, the penny is just one sign. Everything else is a sign too. Your whole life is a sign. And in a sense, you know, what intuition is, is realizing that you are part of an interconnected web of events. You're part of a matrix. And if you want to change your result, you need to change your position, which is why it's so helpful to get, you know, readings or, or, and not from, you know, I love, it's wonderful to have a healing reading that's very spiritual, but it's also, helpful to have a reading that says, this is where you're gonna find your funding for your business and be careful of this partnership. I have a feeling you need a clause in it for blah, blah, blah. Intuition can really give you very defined, accurate details. And one of the reasons that it's hard to read yourself is you don't really know the difference between your own inner hopeful or hateful chatter and your intuition. Whereas when a complete stranger uh, looks at you and says, gee, you're trying to negotiate a space right now and I see one that's really great that's further south and out of the way and one that's more central, but I don't think it's actually gonna be a good area. That all of a sudden 
you have no idea what you're talking about, but hopefully the person you're talking to does. And yeah. that kind of back and forth confirmation, which is what my student, my Instagram followers and students do for each other, that really then tells your subconscious, oh wait, when you have a strong sense that you should run a criminal check on the guy who you just met for dinner, maybe you should do that before a second date. You know, I mean, it, it, it teaches you to not be aware of your paranoias, but when something comes from left field that wasn't in your sphere before and isn't typical for you to check it out. Yeah. You know, I love what you said about the meeting of, uh, the, the mate where, when somebody goes to a psychic and they say, Oh, are you going to meet your man of your dreams? Say no. And then the follow-up question would be, should be, what can I change? I, I love that you said that because it puts the onus back on ourselves because we often think that we don't have control or influence over what's already predetermined. And so can you speak to that a little bit more? Well, I, you know, um, the way that I experience reality, and of course my, my job is experiencing a reality that isn't present in this moment. And I work mostly for large companies so, you know, they'll fire me if I'm wrong. And, and the, the reality is that any reality already exists. Time is really just a, a place you move around. And when you give that power away to anybody, like always get a second opinion, when you give that power away to anybody, you're not doing what you need to be doing in life, which is, this is my goal. I have judgments about it. There are obstacles. It's not going to look the same way when I reach it that it does in my imagination because you can only visualize and imagine from what you've experienced. Intuition and life gives you an almost infinite amount of opportunities. So it really comes down to your commitment. And one of the dangers of a psychic reading is A, how do you know the person is right? You know, it, it, someone can be right on nine things you can prove, but wrong on the 10th. What's to give your power away is not, is, is, is so dangerous. If you, if you know that something bad is gonna happen and you've gotten it from five different people and there's a reason to even logically believe it, I would not waste energy in getting more confirmation. I would do something about it. And we can create change. I mean, I have for the last more than 40 years made my living predicting. And I, there is, you know, if you, if you throw a ball at a direction, it will arrive where you've thrown it unless a tangent comes in or you, blow a little air on it or, and then you change its direction. And that's life. that is true of life. That is why often, you know, what one would think of as, oh my God, I hope that doesn't happen to me, ends up to be a blessing. And one of my favorite uh, sayings is thank God for unanswered prayers. If you think of every like lover you'd wished for that you didn't get, who later on you found out was like, you know, whatever. Yes. Um, it's, it, we, we are more trustworthy with ourselves than we realize. We're also more patterned. So really your future is held in place by your, be 
I, I have my favorite group to work with during the 90s were homeless women because they were like literally at rock bottom. I mean, already as a woman, you're at a disadvantage and then you're homeless. And then they had all of these other things that were often going for them. And they were the biggest success stories because um, I, I wrote a, a, a line that I loved years ago, which was flowers grow in the desert and they're the color of fire. And, you know, these people learn to live on, a, on 10 calories and make it a meal. When you give them a hundred, oh my God, what they can do, those pent up resources. And on some level, all of us in some area of our lives, normally the area that is most impoverished in that area of our lives, we have pent up energy. We have pent up ability. And the minute it's tweaked a tiny bit, wow. However, we are all so good. You know, I spend a lot of time inside other people's brains. We are all so good at kicking ourselves down. And, you know, you live in LA. If you think that the big celebrities don't do it, they're the worst and they have the whole world writing hate on them. You know, it's, it, we are all, we, and, and the, the most, you know, the self-help industry are full of all these people who say, okay, I have the answer, I'm evolved. And it's bullshit. Everyone is pond slime part of the time, you know, and if not, you're not doing the work. You know, everyone has a challenge somewhere. Some people just have better game. And actually, for all of us, the part of us that is the wounded healer is the part of us that is the leader, the teacher, the success. And, and it's so important not that we believe in ourselves because you can't force yourself to believe in yourself, but you do the things you would do if you believed in yourself. And if you're scared, you're scared. If they make you depressed, they make you depressed. If they make you angry and you have trouble handling that, do some push-ups. You don't use pathology to get in the way of your potential. There are no experts on you except for you. What there are though, are people who can shatter the dynamic of pattern in you. If you invite those people in, in a positive healing way, not in an abusive way, uh, there are people who can open that window. And of course, you know, when you open the window in a place that's been shut for 20 years, it's not so pretty to look at in the beginning. It may not be, a, oh, thank you, sensei. You know, it, right. it can be shocking, but, but know that if your first response to something is shame or loathing or, you know, any of those so-called negative emotions, you're probably in a great place. Just don't stay in that emotion. Grab the treasures, dust them off and run. Oh, that's so good. I love, I love everything about what you're saying. Um, especially that we're all pond scum some of the time, like that is so, oh so God. true. So good. The other thing is that I, I tweeted this at one point and it just reminded me right now that you're saying that is I'm so grateful. I never got what I always wanted. Like, so, so grateful because those things that sometimes in your mind, you're like, oh, I'm, I will be happy when X, Y, and Z, then I'll be happier. Oh, I really want something. You're just so desperate for, 
there was this group of influencers that I just so desperately wanted to be friends with like years ago when I first got into the, the space of teaching yoga. I'm like, I just want to be friends with them. I just want to be friends with them. And once I, I got into the circle a little bit, I realized I'm like, oh, this is not these people are not who I thought they were. And I don't actually really want to be here. So it just is really interesting how we think, oh, this person has this incredible life. I want to be like them or I want to be near them. I want to be like them. And then what you're saying about the celebrity is, is so, is so funny and interesting because I feel like that happens in a lot of other areas of our life where we think, oh, you know, there's, there's the black sheep, there's the golden child, you know, and often it's the reverse. Often the, the black sheep is the one who had the ovaries to go and do something different. And the golden child is the one, the little sociopath who, you know, just knows how to manipulate. So it is, it is, it is so, um, it's really, I, I think we're, ta- we're, we're trained at an early age out of, and, and it's funny, my, my son has made me think of, of this a lot lately. Um, because I have an adult son, he's 29, probably older than most of you who are listening. And, and to me, he's my baby, you know, he's not a creative executive in film who's successful in his own right and living a life that's completely independent. He is, I want to know if he's cut his toenails. And I realized that, that he has a right to his own narrative. And that I, as a mother, have a really hard time with that because his narrative, when it differs from mine, I take very personally. Mm-hmm. And I've really recently, through other people's intuition opening me up, realized, wow, he's like a courageous, powerful person to insist on his own narrative. He's not trying to take something away. And we have a right to our own narrative. And I think that we, you know, we're, we're disempowered by the idea that we need to adopt someone else's. Now we do need to learn to be a character in other people's narratives, just to get along in business, in relationship. We do need to know what someone's narrative is. And intuition helps with that because there's a ability called mediumship where you literally become someone else for a moment or ask someone else to become them for you without telling them too much information. But it's, it really, you know, I am a, I come from a family where my brother graduated from Harvard. He got a master's from Stanford. He got another one from the University of Virginia. He started his first $30 million company before the age of 25. And he put a gun in his mouth and blew his head off. My my sister too, went to law school, committed suicide. Brilliant, gorgeous, fabulous person. I don't have a college education. I stumbled into a testing program when I was 21. Thank God, because I couldn't cross the street without someone holding my hand. I was so disoriented. And my my injured brain, because I have severe ADHD, my injured brain happens to do this weird thing really well. I can travel in space and time and get accurate data and bring it back to help people and companies become more functional. But really, that's my injury. That's not my gift. And mm-hmm. it's it's so important that we stop stomping on ourselves in a way that's disempowering. You know, it's good to feel guilt 
for a while when you have something to feel guilty about and you want to be a better person. It's good to feel fear when you're about to do something stupid. You know, it's good to feel rage when you need to, to set a boundary. But the constant comparison and judgment, what you do, whatever you, it is, and whoever you are, there is something that is you that is that only you have. And whether you bring that into you know, being a cashier and being someone in your neighborhood or being a parent or being a celebrity, whatever it is, it's important for you to find it. And, and I think we aren't, none of us are encouraged to do that. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Laura, I, I can literally talk to you for hours and I'm just, I'm trying to be respectful of, of your time but I have already just written down so much of what you've said. I think at every point that you're making, it just brings me back to this feeling of empowerment and how important it is for us to really take the lessons that the universe is showing us and put them into practice. We are showing ourselves. That's the other things. Don't externalize power. You are the universe. You are your spirit guide. You are, you are everything doing the very hard job of being a unique human being. That's the hard job. When people talk about trying to be more spiritual, I'm thinking, what's spirituality? Spirituality is that energy we all share. That's easy stuff. The hard stuff is getting up in an uncertain world, confronting your, your own demons and the demons outside, and still getting what you want while creating a better place for everybody. And that is what that is what I see truly successful people do. And I'd love to give some quick tips on just how to engage intuition. Please. So the most important thing for intuition is you are getting intuitive information in great detail all the time, but you have so many questions and so many concerns that you don't know where to file it. It's like when I try to find a pair of socks in my sock drawer, because I rarely take the time to put them together, it takes too long. I'd rather just you know, go sockless. So it's really important to set a single goal to, 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 and when situations come up, say, what do I want out of the situation? What's my goal here? And allow it to be flexible, but to have a single point, because when you have a single point, what happens is A, that point can grow and get richer and more accurate. But the other thing that happens is it becomes a magnet for your intuition. You know where to file the information. And, and what you'll find is that you have access to information that you didn't realize. You can also do it for somebody else. There's something I love called a blind reading where I have someone just write a question down on a piece of paper. And then I have the other person just notice where their attention goes and report it. They have no idea what they're talking about. You know, my attention goes to August. Uh, my attention goes to a trip that you've had to cancel. My attention goes, and you just completely just follow your attention and report. And you find that you will give, you have no idea what you're talking about. You'll give unbelievable information about the person's question once they have it written down. The other thing is use your sleep, not your dreams. Dreams are, you know, you're working through the events of the day, your psychological vomit, all of that stuff that you do need to work through. Dreams are important, not so much to remember, but to have. You want to get enough REM sleep. However, once a week, write down a goal that you want, 
your connection that when you're asleep, you can, you can actually connect with, you want your connection to the people and events that are part of your life, but you're not consciously aware they are to work on for you. It can be something like, I want a new car. It can be, I have, uh, I, I want uh, Jamie and I to uh, make up or how do I, how do I find my, how do I find my, my next really amazing partner? Or I just feel awful. I want to find my joy, you know, whatever it is, but I, I really encourage you to do things you can prove. So for example, I want a new job that, that, that pays me to work at home three days a week. Um, and then when you wake up and before you go to sleep, take a moment to suspend the illusion of separateness. So even if you don't believe that you are interconnected energetically and through your perceptions, suspend the disbelief just long enough to try the exercise, to run the experiment. Do that on the same goal for a week. Write it down somewhere because the mind is a messy place. You won't remember it. And then notice what happens in the weeks that follow. Because what you will find is not only do things, real events and people come in from left field that you have in your sleep state made contact with, but you will begin to change. And this is wonderful for things like weight loss, because all of a sudden you'll have an aversion to something or you'll find you hate exercise, but there's someone really cute who lives three miles away that you meet on a walk who you know walks at that time. And all of a sudden you're hyper-motivated to look cute and go out and walk. So, so you know, you, it, 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 what, what um, intuition is, is our ability to know information about people in life, but it's also our ability to set a target and use that information in a way that creates for us. Miracles take a moment. You know, you've been lonely your whole life. You bump into someone who's willing to work with your crap and whose crap you like. Boom. Life changes. Yeah. So this is the the way to manifest manifestation, right? Like how this is a, a great way to manifest what you want. Break down manifestation. Manifestation is just making something happen. So we are doing that all the time, every day even if we're alone in a room, there's so, so much research on things like telepathy, you know, what you communicate to the world, even at a distance, even to people you don't know. So you're just making things happen. What, what um, the process of, it, of using intuition, because you're all intuitive, what that asks you to do is decide what you want to make happen. And then stay with the course, the D word, discipline, stay with it. Yeah, you may feel afraid, you may feel hopeless, you may feel enraged or depressed or overwhelmed. Put one foot in front of the other, congratulate yourself for doing it, but don't give yourself a break. You know, expect, have high expectations and applaud the effort when you don't, when you don't hit the mark. Yeah, oh, that's so good. These are so great. That's so incredible. Thank you for breaking those down. I think that everybody listening will really benefit from trying those exercises. I am. I'm definitely going to do it. I'm now in my mind, I'm trying to decide, well, which one do I focus on? How, which, which one thing, how often can I change the thing that I'm 
when you have the first thing. So here's, here's the thing. I, one of the, when I realized that this was the way to use intuition in daily life, I, I made uh, a wish and I made a couple of them. But one of the ones that really showed me how the process worked is uh, when my son was born, I wanted to be a full-time stay-at-home mother. I had left my husband. I had no college degree. I worked at something that at that point I thought I had to travel for. So, and this is way before the internet. So I like, th there was just no chance in hell that was gonna happen. And I wasn't really qualified to do much. And my soon to be ex-husband was gonna fight me. And you know, there was just, it did not look good. And, and but that was my goal. And, and for us not to starve, of course, but for me to be a full-time stay-at-home mother with my son. And I was at a play space and my son was eating sand and I sat next to this woman and I was like doing the, the exercises that I did with people to open their intuition. I was doing them on myself, like really hoping that I was gonna find the answer to this predicament that ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me that I put myself in. And this woman sat, sits down next to me and ends up her son is a little older than mine is eating sand next to my son. And she says, oh, what are you working on? I'm, I'm like, oh, nothing. You know, I'm, I'm an intuitive and I'm trying to like figure out something in my own life. So I'm just doing my exercises on myself. And she said, let me see. I said, no, no, no. Like other than that, I'm from a family of doctors and you couldn't read my handwriting because in those days we actually used writing implements and not computers. Um, I said, it's just, it's a mess. She said, no, let me see. It ends up, she was a top literary agent. Oh. Within weeks, I had a book sold for enough money to pay off my bills. And a year later, I had two books sold for $3 million. I could put my son in New York private schools, buy back my property, doing something I loved because I love it. Here's the great thing about intuition. The downside is it makes you vulnerable to what other people are feeling and judging. Mm -hmm. You really do experience it. And when people realize it's not their defensiveness, they're actually experiencing a lot of toxic input uh, and, and forgetting to fill themselves with themselves to, to have some barrier to that. You know, I totally forgot what ADHD in action, I totally forgot what I was thinking about. But what I'm saying is that one goal opens up your whole life. Yes. I was, it gave me a career. That wasn't what I wanted. I didn't want a career. I wanted to like nurse till my son was 12. I didn't want a career. I got a career. I got a partner. I got my property back. I got a more powerful, it was a New York Times bestseller, a more powerful voice in the world. It also became a language around which my friends rallied. Oh, we can support that book. They didn't know what to do when it was like, oh my God, am I gonna lose my child? Am I gonna have a place to live? But they knew what to do when I actually had yeah. some So then I had this amazing friend group that just carried me. So it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is what you need to choose as your first goal is the thing you wake up anxious or upset about. The thing that is just, you know, yeah, maybe you're about to become homeless, but what you really want is to be a dancer. That's your goal. You know, the other thing is an outer roadblock. You need to find a place to live. But your goal, your goal is what in this moment is the thing that you want more than anything else. And when you do that, there is so much energetic juice behind it. 
it opens a door to the life of the person who could be a stay-at-home mother with her child. So what you pick just needs to be what you want. And we're all really afraid to want because we should be this. We yes. should do this. We yeah. should aim this. We should. Know? We should all over ourselves. Right. And we did. We completely disempower ourselves. And yes. what it does is it says, okay, here's a key. Here's a door. But behind that door is a whole other world that you haven't seen yet. Let introduce yourself to it. Yes. Laura, you are so incredible. I'm so, uh, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful that you're here with us and that you are now a part of the radically loved family. Uh, again, I want to be respectful of your time. So I have one final question for you. Uh, I asked this question to all of my guests and I'm really curious as to what your answer is going to be. Um, I started this podcast as a way to build a community for people to come to, to get inspired or to just feel supported. And the whole idea is that the universe works for us and not against us, that we are radically loved by God, source, mother nature, whatever higher power of your understanding um, that we are radically loved. So the final question for you is, how do you feel radically loved? I... Um... I feel what, what it's funny because I've been thinking about this a lot in my life and I've been thinking, wow, you know, I did everything wrong. How did my life turn out so right? And I feel radically loved because I have been people I detest that I work hard not to be. I have walked into walls that I build and then back up so I can walk into them again. And yet here I am at 62 years old, in love with an amazing husband, with an incredible son who has resisted being devoured by me um, and is just you know, such a teacher for me in the world. I have beautiful homes. I have a career I love. I have great friends. I get to talk to interesting people who make me think. And I think that just the, uh, the reality that despite my best efforts to fuck things up, they're fabulous. And I'm so, I just feel blessed, depending on the time of day. You know, if you'd gotten me at 5.30 this morning, I would have told you, oh my God, my whole life is over. I don't know why I did this. I made so many mistakes. I'm so anxious. Then I had my cup of coffee. I wrote a thousand words. It felt so much better. <laughs> oh, that's so good. It's so good. That is so real, Laura. I am just, again, I am honored and privileged to to be here with you. And again, I really, I really look up to you, and and all of your work. And I'm again just so grateful for the people that are listening to this or watching this. Where can they go for more information or to reach out to you? LauraDay.com. I I answer all my own emails, so I ask you to make them really, really short. But LauraDay.com has all my social media and emails. But really the best thing about me are my students and my readers. And if you go on Laura Day Intuit on Instagram, you can just post your name and say, I'd love a reading. Or I have a question written down on a piece of paper. Can someone answer it for me? And, the, the, and on YouTube, there's a lesson on how to do an Instagram reading. So share also your intuition because there's no such thing as not being intuitive. We are all so intuitive and we're all healers and we're all teachers, but you, that really 
is the place that, that is amazing because it's people in community helping each other. And I, I always say I'm the honey and the bear. So I used to do these big healing events where I do lay on of hands on 800 people, but what they didn't realize, and other healers would do it with me, but everyone wanted me to touch them just once. These other, we were all using the same energy. These other healers were often so much better than I was after like getting off a plane and doing a lecture. But the, we all want like the honey and the bear, you know, the brand name. You're the honey and the bear, be the honey and the bear. You know, pretend at least that you are special and just be your own specialness and you will see that the world will respond to that. Not without a few bumps, but the world will respond to that. Oh, thank you, Laura, you're the best. Thank you all. And thank you all for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and all of the links that Laura mentioned will be in the show notes of this particular episode. Uh, the YouTube video she's talking about. I've seen it. It's really good. We'll link it to this show, to the show notes as well. So hit the info button. <laughs> hit the info button and go check it out. Share this again with your friends. Let us know what you thought. If you like this episode, we love to hear it. So you can tag us on Instagram and let us know if you have any questions. We're so grateful for all of you. Again, Laura, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. This is so much fun. Hey everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.